Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. For more than 35 years, we at the Cancer Support Community have been a relentless ally for anyone impacted by cancer. We help individuals manage the realities of this disruptive disease and get back to normal, whether accessing our free services in person or at one of our 175 locations online through our helpline. You're getting a team of licensed professionals providing patient navigation, financial counseling, genetic counseling, pediatric support, and more. Well, today I have the pleasure of introducing you to two incredible women. Both of our guests uh, experienced having their lives turned upside down by cancer. Liz Fisher went through the experience of receiving a cancer diagnosis, undergoing treatment, and joining the community of survivors. Her experience living with cancer sparked an idea that she's turned into a business. And Allie O'Grady didn't have cancer herself, but had the experience of serving as a caregiver to her father while he lived with a cancer diagnosis. And like Liz, she launched a business inspired by her experience. I've been calling people like Liz and Allie survivorpreneurs because they combine their entrepreneurial spirit with insights and knowledge gleaned from their experience dealing with cancer. Both of these amazing women are lighting the way for others, inspiring us all with their generosity and ambition. I'll be introducing you to Liz Fisher first. Liz is the founder and CEO of Lava, a nourishing plant-based yogurt. Liz got her start in nutrition, health, and wellness in that space in a capacity very dear to our hearts on radio. She stepped in as a producer for her husband, a physician, radio show host, health and nutrition author. Uh, this position gave her access to researchers and exploring the relationship between nutrition and medicine. This motivated her to want to change the quality of food and make it available to most to the most people. Her first product was a no sugar, high fiber muffin called Muffin a Day, and it went into many different grocery stores. She went on to bring a flourless, organic sprouted bread called Alvarado Street Bakery to thousands of stores, and then Pirate's Booty, a popular baked snack. Right before Lava, Liz was working to introduce um, Kavita Kombucha, a probiotic beverage, and that began the journey into cultured fresh food. Liz's experience with ovarian cancer caused her to entirely rethink her relationship with food. This new viewpoint of food as medicine led her to develop lava because she realized that cancer patients, survivors, and other people just like her were seeking clean, nourishing, low-sugar food options with functional benefits that also taste delicious. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you, Kim. So great to be here. So, Liz, um, you were diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Tell, Tell our Listeners, a little bit about that. What symptoms did you experience that caused concern? What was your diagnosis, and and uh, what was your course of treatment? Um, well, yeah, I, I was completely out of the blue, um, no family history, and uh, no real symptoms. I guess my uh, cancer, ovarian cancer, they say is the silent disease, and um, you know, with vague symptoms like fatigue and bloating, and I, you know, I don't know any woman over fifty who is not a little bloated. But uh, for me, uh, I 
it just came as a pinch when I peed, little teeny tiny pinch. Um, and I went to my uh, gynecologist. I thought it was a urinary tract infection. And uh, he did give me an exam, and he said, you have a mass, but this is not to worry. We see it all the time. It's no big deal. But we should we should take care of it. And uh, so I scheduled that uh, laparoscopic surgery um, that night, and I, I woke up to my husband Jeff's face and he said it's 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 cancer. So that was my moment and uh it was so I was thoroughly unprepared and um went that as are so many but I began uh putting putting the plan together and uh I did have a um my first surgery was at Memorial Sloan Kettering um, with wonderful team, eight-hour surgery, and I, it was um, advanced. It had gone to my intestine and my spleen and uh, my liver, and so you know, I, I had I what they said was a successful surgery, and then it was followed by uh, chemo. Uh, and I was good for about a year and a half, and then it. And, and then yeah. It came then what back. happened? Yeah. And was that a complete shock to you? Were you, were you prepared for that possibility of a recurrence, or had you really sort of moved past the experience? Well, I never went online, you know, and I yeah. don't know if that was because I was I was so uh, fortunate to have a physician husband who really did a lot of the um, heavy lifting in terms of planning and caring for me. And, you know, I knew it wasn't a good prognosis, but I also, you know, but didn't get into the weeds on the statistics. And I just, point me in the right direction, tell me what to do. And um, I did it. So I really didn't, you know, I knew it was a high rate of reoccurrence because it was mm-hmm. a sprinkling of these microscopic cells. So the chances of the chemo and surgery getting all of it was uh, it was unlikely. And I'd seen a lot of repeat um, chemo patients in the waiting room, yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. I really just figured I would be exempt. You know, I was so healthy. I did mm-hmm. get strong again after that first round of chemo, and... Um, but it did get picked up on a routine uh, screening, and it was a PET scan, actually, and I think that was the first time I made the connection between um, kind of glucose and cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, Liz. When were you first diagnosed? When were you first diagnosed, Liz? Uh September 2011. 2011. So, so let's 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 get into that the, the 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 glucose question. I I know when your cancer occurred, your husband, who's a doctor and a pathologist, suggested some dietary changes. You both worked in the health and wellness space for a long period of time prior to this. But how would you how would you describe your diet prior to diagnosis? I it was it was what I thought uh, was ideal. Um, it was plant-based. It was 
good complex carbs. It was clean. I was very lean, so I was very kind of typical fat phobic female, you know, so I very, you know, limited fat, but all from good, good sources. Um, but, you know, very calorie conscious, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, kind of a beauty diet, if you will. Um, but very lean. Yeah. And then yeah. my husband, uh, he started researching when I got the reoccurrence. He started researching diet, and in particular, he thought there was a good uh, body of scientific evidence to support uh, looking at cancer as a metabolic disease and not a genetic one. Mm-hmm. And he said, as an adjunct to treatment, let's do something different. I want to put you in ketosis. So I went from 75% of my calories from carbs to 75% of my calories from fat. So tell our listeners what ketosis is. Ketosis is you start making energy from fat, uh, essentially restricting your carbohydrate intake. And uh, that is a very efficient way to burn to make energy, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what, can you clarify the difference between, the, so we hear sometimes people hear about the keto diet. Are you talking about the keto diet or was your diet different? Yes, no, it was what has kind of popularized to, I mean, it's the first time I heard those four letters, K-E-T-O, was when I was mm-hmm. getting ready to go into my second round of chemo and using it as an adjunct to cancer treatment. But it has been around as um, a strategy uh, for other diseases for a long period of time. And uh, there were some books that I was reading. Um, Tripping Over the Truth was one of them. But uh, there was a Nobel Prize winner for his work with uh, a ketogenic diet and um, epilepsy many, many years ago. So it's a pretty well understood therapeutic diet, mm-hmm. but it was not um, not the kind of front page of women's magazines that it is now for weight mm-hmm. loss. It is also turned into that. I certainly didn't do it for that reason. Um, Liz, we've got just a couple minutes to, until our first break here. Um, but when you made that change, was it a challenge to find foods that were delicious and satisfying to you on that new diet? Did you prepare your food yourself or, you know, how was it sort of adapting to that diet and finding things that you found satisfying? Well, it was incredibly difficult, not mm. so much restricting the carbohydrate, but consuming enough fat because it really doesn't work unless you get the fat grams. So I was eating a lot of avocado and coconut and macadamia nuts. They're, you know, readily available and very, very high uh, percentage of calories and fat. But I really couldn't eat another macadamia nut. I'd eaten so many. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's where I found the, the peely nut, which... Yeah has been around for centuries, but has got a very similar nutritional profile to macadamia, beautiful fatty acid profile, and out of 200 calories, 192 of them come from fat. So I started making a kind of a 
whipping it into almost um, this creamy concoction with a handheld blender and a little coconut milk, and it just was this beautiful medium, and I knew... I, I knew immediately that it was special. And and just spell the name of that nut for our listeners, the Peely nut. How do you spell that? P-I-L-I. P-I-L-I, the Peely nut. We're going to talk more about the Peely nut after our, our, our break that's coming up here. Um, and we're going to talk more about that discovery for you and the moment when you realize that that could really be the basis for a new kind of yogurt, a new kind of plant-based uh, yogurt for, um, for, for folks. Uh, we, we're going to take a quick break here. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking to Liz. She's the founder and CEO of Lava, which is a, a plant-based uh, yogurt. Liz is a cancer survivor. We're going to talk more about her cancer experience and what led her to founding uh, Lava. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break here, so don't go away. We'll be right back with Liz. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. 
Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at CancerSupportCommunity.org. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices. I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our episode is brought to you in part today by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Insight. We'd like to thank uh, additional sponsors including Celgene, Lilly Oncology, and Merck. With us today is ovarian cancer survivor, entrepreneur, and nutritional wellness advocate, Liz Fisher. So, Liz, before the break, we started talking about the Peely Nut, P-I-L-I, the Peely Nut, which I think may be a new, a new nut for some, of our, uh, uh, for some of our listeners. You discovered this nut. You were macadamia nutted out, and you uh, discovered this <laughs> Peely Nut. Um, but at what point did you, um, what, did you have that sort of aha moment to realize this could be the basis for a whole new kind of plant-based, um, yogurt? Talk about that discovery. Well, because it is so high in fat, it behaved like butter. So, uh, I was just using it to hit my grams for the day, my fat counts for the day, and it was just so um, so delicious and and kind of neutral in its taste profile. You know, most nuts you can taste the flavor of the plant coming through. So cashew, you taste cashew, almond, you taste almond, and they're not that low in carbohydrate. Um, and but because uh, Peely is exceptionally high in fat. It is just naturally low in carbohydrate, just a, just a whisper of a carbohydrate. So here it is behaving and performing like a creme fraiche, and I, uh, I just, it looked like a yogurt, like a thick and creamy yogurt, and I, I know that non-dairy yogurts have been around a long, long time, but they're primarily sugar vehicles and lots of water and, 
kind of gums and fillers and all these kind of processing aids to mimic yogurt, but here this was naturally occurring in the bowl. So I thought how wonderful if, if others would, I know I can't be the only one who doesn't want a bunch of sugar, but wants yeah. this, you know, satisfying, spoonable, snackable treat. So uh, that's how it began. Um, at the time, I was pretty down and out, I have to admit. Uh, the second go-around for me was much more difficult than the first time. Um, I did have complications with surgery and um, lost a lot of strength, lean muscle mass, you know, and, uh, you know, I wasn't a kid. So I just, I wasn't, you know, even though it was kind of a dream to think about bringing a new product category to market, I also, because I'd been in the food industry so long, I, I really knew what it in, what it was going to take. And, you know, I was having difficulty you know, walking across the room. So it just didn't yeah. seem yeah. feasible, but I knew it was something absolutely original. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to that piece, Liz. So, I mean, I've noticed, I'm sure others have, you know, when you're in the yogurt section of this, the supermarket, it seems to be more crowded than ever. you got your regular yogurt, your Greek yogurt. I was When I was in Iceland, I discovered that our Icelandic skier that now you see in the supermarket, you got soy-based, you got almond, you got coconut. Um, you know, tell us about that crowded space and what's the, what, how are you differentiating lava from a very crowded market? Well, um, I mean, a lot has happened since we um, we brought it to market. Uh, I mean, I I am clean of my disease, so I just wanted to share that. I mean, you know, it's not too yeah. many yeah. physicians tell you you're done, um, mm-hmm. and when they do, you you hear it. So yeah. I'm just progressing. Great. I am living my life, you know, Great. and. Yes, it's exactly as difficult as I knew it was going to be, um, probably even more so. But uh, the one big differentiator with lava um, is that it's no added sugar. And I think that is starting to really resonate not only with people trying to optimize their, um, you know, looking at food as medicine. I mean, why would you want to waste 20 grams of added sugar in a you know, 200 calorie cup of yogurt. Use it for something else. So people are looking at their calories differently, yes. and um, and and so that seems to be how we are. People are finding us, and they're heavy users. Even though we don't have a lot of distribution, people who are um, very uh, thoughtful about how they consume food. Uh, they know that something's off when they taste a bunch of additives and and water. And I'm not even talking about, you know, environmental issues in terms of, you know, cow milk, yogurt, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about inflama- inflammatory diet, you know, anti-inflammation diet, and the first thing is to eliminate dairy. But, uh, you know, I'm not really, we're not particularly going there, but uh, having a heavily rich probiotic and, in Lava's case, prebiotic fiber, which was naturally occurring 
in uh, the plantain, which is how it's the only source of sweetness across all the flavors. And plantain uh, is metabolized differently than even banana. So it's got this wonderful um, living probiotic gut health happening in in the cup. Uh, That combined with no sugar added and um, good plant fats, it turns out that peeling nut is rich in monounsaturated fats, and, and we have coconut cream, which is rich in medium-chain triglycerides. So combined, I mean, it's just, it's like in itself a superfood. So you're, you feel like you've, you're satisfied, you're not overly fed. But So I think that um, little by little, they're, they're finding us, um, and it's the thrill of a lifetime. Fantastic. Um, I know Liz, you and your partners in Lava, Vivian Rosenthal and Rebecca Cross, all have a personal interest in nutritious plant-based products, but your interests are for vastly different reasons. You know, your journey for creating Lava really seems so personal. How did those different points of view contribute to creating this yogurt and, and to also informing the company's mission? Well, Rebecca is a uh, very accomplished food regulatory attorney, and I met with her working on another uh, product, and she just stayed in touch with me. So when I was recovering and sort of um, she came to see me, and uh, I gave her some spoonfuls of my homemade lava, and she's like, oh, Liz, you have to do this. And I'm, I just said, you know, how, look at me. How can I, how could I, how can I go and battle and slay that dragon? And she was just so encouraging and um, in a way just believed in me. It's those voices of self-doubt. And, and um, it was her very good childhood friend, Vivian, who also is a uh, very accomplished um, uh, digital uh, entrepreneur, but has also struggled with other uh, health issues that led her to the food industry. So together, the two of them were really the catalyst for starting the company and um, and, and building building the business fantastic fantastic well we're getting uh we're getting towards the end of our uh uh, towards the end of our show here but let me let me ask you uh one or two more quick questions for you to what to what extent did your ovarian cancer experience lead you to this opportunity and really inform it was that that led you to this and trying to make this product available for other people with a whole range of of different health issues Absolutely. I mean, my obviously my my uh, hope is that you know to change how uh, how food is viewed and that kind of firewall between medicine and nutrition. Uh, so much of what happens when you have a cancer diagnosis, it's urgent. It's you know it's. It's life and death, and um, but I really stuck to my diet as if my life depended on it, um, and in in some ways I think it did. 
but it is surviving cancer, you have, you're at a crossroads and fear, the things that stop us, you know, we, we face those fears when we're approaching treatment or surgery. Uh, I mean, they're profound fears. And for me, I, you know, I, I have doubted myself so many uh, points in my career and somehow surviving cancer has, uh, I don't, I do it anyway. So I think for me personally, uh, the mission is certainly burning. It's blazing brighter than ever. Um, and the feedback from others who have found the product and found it useful in their day-to-day life, you know, that is all the thanks I'm ever going to need. Mm, wonderful. And just very quickly, Liz, any uh, any tips or words of inspiration for those who are listening or dealing with their own cancer diagnosis right now? Well, trust your body, I guess, would be because, mm-hmm. you know, you will hit a bottom and you're not sure you're going to make it. And the body knows. I, yeah. I didn't know I was healing. And internally, yeah. there were major construction workers rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I am stronger now than I ever was. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly, yeah. you know, eight years older than I was when I first got it. So. <laughs> yes, but, but stronger. Um, uh, so much stronger wonderful. in so many other ways. Wonderful, Liz. Thank you so much, Liz, for joining us today, for sharing your story and your passion, your creativity. It is uh, truly inspiring. We're going to take a quick break here, but don't go away because uh, in our next segment, we're going to meet Ali O'Grady, CEO and founder of Thoughtful human cards and we want to hear Allie's story Um, so we're going to take a quick break here at Frankly Speaking About Cancer but we will be right back Become our friend on Facebook Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. 
This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Train, sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word terms I don't understand, choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. For the second half of our show today, I'm joined by Allie O'Grady. Allie is a zero-waste cardpreneur who founded the quirky startup Thoughtful Human in October of 2017. She works to take the greetings out and put the human back into cards and how we communicate, specifically in dynamic relationships and challenging life circumstances such as cancer, grief, depression, addiction, and strained relationships. Through Thoughtful Human, she emphasizes radical empathy and works to build community, educate, and destigmatize conversations about physical and mental health. Welcome to the show, Allie. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So before we get to um, the Thoughtful Human cards, and I want to hear all about what led you to create that, I'm really curious to know what is radical empathy that really jumped out at me in your bio. I love it. Yeah. Um, good question. So, um, you know, empathy in general, I think, is really challenging. Our, our ability to understand how someone's feeling or what they may be experiencing. 
to me, this idea of radical empathy um, is this is this extra layer where we're really trying to practice empathy even when we ourselves are facing maybe negative consequences um, from something that's happening in front of us. Um, it may be that we're really angry or frustrated ourselves or just simply can't understand how in those circumstances do we still push ourselves beyond to really understand why anyone might be doing what they're doing uh, and how we can kind of meet them where they're at. And some really good examples of that are, you know, kind of around addiction when you might be dealing with somebody who's particularly destructive or in a strained relationship. Uh, So that's really what I mean with radical empathy. So, Allie, um, you're only 30 years old, but in your life you've gone through experiences that people years older than you even now would, would, would struggle to manage. So take us back to 2011 and share with us what it was like to be a caregiver to your father as he lived with colon cancer. Um, yeah, so, you know, we were unfortunate but fortunate to have a really long journey with cancer. Um, my dad had almost a 10-year um, battle with colon cancer, so that was the difference for me between being 12 and 22. Um, so, you know, it looked a lot different at many different points along the way. Um, so sometimes it was just, you know, ups and downs from chemo and radiation that we were pretty used to over the years. Um, but in the summer of 2011, um, that's when my father's um, cancer really took a sharp turn, and I had just graduated college and moved home, uh, so fortunately I was in a position where I could be caregiving for him full-time, and, um, you know, he was hospitalized and having a lot of complications, and um, at the time we we thought that he had some kind of mechanical obstruction, but really his cancer was just advancing much faster than, um, than we realized, and, you know, it became this very intensive um, caregiving experience. We were... Um, I was administering his total parental nutrition at home, and we were doing paracentesis, and, um, you know, it was it was really a very hands-on um, process, and, um, I mean, it was very, it was very exhausting. It was emotional um, and draining. You really um, learn what unconditional love means in those circumstances, but um, ultimately, you know, I see it now as the biggest gift I could have given to my dad. So, Ellie, when I read about your experience being a caregiver to your father, I was reminded of a quote from Gandhi. He said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Um, You speak in detail about tending to your father's, you know, every every need. Um, How did that experience change you? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I already mentioned you don't really understand what unconditional love means until you have to do, you know, some some wild things, and by wild, I mean very challenging, very sad, um, very difficult things. Um, it was um, it was really hard for him to allow us to help him. Um, you know, he was always a very strong and um, you know positive person, and for for him to you know have the roles reversed, it was really challenging. Um, but for me, you know, throughout the experience, um, I think the biggest kind of changes that I, I really felt this sense of control when I was going through it or thought that I was somehow controlling the outcomes. And if, if I willed something hard enough that um, it would be. And so that was, um, you know, it was a big learning for me that was really challenging at the time that I 
in fact, did not control the universe and anybody's mm-hmm. fate. Um, but I think, uh, in, in retrospect, uh, I even remember feeling this, um, weird kind of relief with that realization where I was, I had been holding so tightly, even, you know, in my chest that if I do this or that, if he does this or that, we can change the circumstances and kind of relinquishing control and realizing that, um, that I am not the, the puppet master here um, mm-hmm. was kind of a big, a big learning through that whole experience. So, so Ellie, you, you've said that despite having a wonderful relationship and an open rapport with your dad, you said you had some regrets about not having asked him some uncomfortable or tough questions. What, what were those questions? What, what do you, you know, what, what would you have liked to have asked him and what would that have brought to your relationship? So my dad, like I mentioned, was very positive, and it's hard to say whether he would have wanted to have these conversations, but I've spent a lot of time reflecting on it, and I think uh, I wish I would have at least what I call created the space for him to explore some of his feelings. Um, So the questions are more just, you know, how is your heart? How are you feeling really? Are Are you scared? Do you want to talk about it? And uh, allowing him that space to be vulnerable. You know, he was so amazing at putting on this strong front for everyone else. And I just realized what a lonely, emotional journey he must have been on throughout the process, um, surely grappling with his own, his own fears and mortality. So um, I would, I would want to go back and just really give him that opportunity to step into, you know, if, if and when he was ready. Yeah, yeah. And I know your educational background, Ellie, is actually in psychology. So did that sort of lay the groundwork for some of this kind of, you know, analysis that you've done? And, and, and did it also maybe help you think about, obviously, you were dealing with some real personal issues, that, but also thinking about how other folks might be struggling with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that my psychology background has informed uh, most of the work that I've done, you know, directly or indirectly, specifically, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't directly related to, to cancer or, you know, helping people address the elephant, but I had some courses that were specifically on the social and contextual factors that lead to behavior and just taking a really critical look at uh, how, you know, nobody arrives at any moment without a lifetime of experiences and conditioning and really understanding under, you know, the right or wrong set of circumstances, we're all capable of amazing or atrocious things. And um, that certainly laid the groundwork for um, for this this lens of radical empathy and how we try to understand each other and how, uh, how I wanted to take my content and shift the conversation to one that was more authentic and real and getting at some of those questions. So, Ali, I know that after college you worked in marketing before taking the plunge and founding Thoughtful Human Cards. What 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 pushed you to take that leap? Just just uh, we're gonna in our last segment we have, we're gonna really dive in on the Thoughtful Human Cards. But just tell our listeners what, what what these cards are and what pushed you to to found this company and invest in this effort. Yeah. So high level, there's zero waste um, cards to help people open up dialogue around challenging situations. And uh, what really encouraged me was uh, my role prior to starting Thoughtful Human, I was um, 
leading up the marketing team at Back to the Roots, which was an urban farming startup. And um, I realized we were working, um, I joined them at a really fortunate time when we were scaling and fundraising and really got to learn the ropes of entrepreneurship and CPG. And um, it really surprised me um, how we were able to be working with these big retailers and big companies and they were looking at us, this little small company. And I'm like, really? We're, we're just sitting here, you know, making it up. I mean, of course, we had education and, and our skill sets, but, you know, we were so young and experienced and there's this whole idea that you have to have a certain background in order to do certain things. And it was so empowering. And I just realized if, if we can be making it up in this way, I can take these learnings and really apply it to what I'm passionate about and make something new of my own. So, Ellie, before we get to our break, I just want to ask you quickly. I um, noticed in your um, in your TEDx talk, you you uh, you said that that uh, your father made cancer a little bit fun, which might be people thinking, "What cancer? A little bit fun?" Just shed a little light on that yeah. as we get to our break here. Yeah, I don't mean in any way to minimize um, you know the experience. It's certainly not one that is fun, but when you uh, when you deal with it for ten years, you have to find um, some light in the process, and uh, that was just my dad's personality. Um, he just made life fun, so everything was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, even mundane or unpleasant things, he kind of made into a little game. So he would set you know little milestones to, to meet or beat, and um, just his approach. You know, it would be like how 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 are you feeling after chemo? And he'd say, you know, not bad for a day one, and um, he was. He was famous for initiating a late-night dessert run my whole life. You know, he was a, a real sweet tooth. Well, you know, your diet has to change when you have cancer. So it yeah, was, yeah. how do we find the best dessert alternative um, mm-hmm. for him? Or little things like uh, one, of his, nice. one of his buddies made this um, mix, this music mix for him uh, to bring to the hospital, and I brought it to nice. him, and we just sat there for hours and he was a musician so he'd be drumming on nice. his little hospital tray and telling yeah. me you know where no, songs yeah. come back to just some great, so, uh, just, yeah, some great ideas and great tips. So, Allie, we're going to jump to our quick and, break right here. Um, we're just going to take a short break. Um, uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our show today is brought to you in part by Pharmacyclics and AbbVie Company, Takeda Oncology, um, and Tassara. We've got a lot more to discuss with Allie. We want to hear more about the Thoughtful Human cards and, and, uh, and a little bit more about Allie's founding of that company and where you can find those cards. I'm Kim Tebaldo. We're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, 
the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices. I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our episode today is brought to you in part by Agios, Estellas, Pharma US, Janssen Oncology, Taiho Oncology and Veristem Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're going to continue our conversation with Allie Grady, founder of Thoughtful Human Cards. So, um, Allie, we started to get into this at the um, at the end of the last segment, but your cards have such a distinguished and distinctive look for folks. Can you describe them for our listeners and tell us about your vision in designing the cards? Yeah, my my approach to content is very different than what you see in the market right now. So my cards are very simple. I would describe them as more personal, uh, designed to look non-commercial. So they're supposed to look a little unfinished and, you know, like it's from me to you versus some huge manufacturer to someone. Um, they're also very open-ended. So that's the whole approach with Thoughtful Human is we're not trying to put a period at the end of the sentence and, you know, check a box by sending a card. We're really trying to help facilitate a meaningful dialogue over time and foster this um, trust and vulnerability that actually helps people open up so that we can communicate and start to heal. So, Ali, I know that a, a, a beautiful and sort of fascinating detail about your cards is that each card is, in, a card is embedded with flower seeds and they can be planted. I, lo- I just love that. How did you come up with that idea and is that part of what you mean when you say sort of a zero waste card? Well, I wish I could take credit for seed paper in general, but I cannot. I'm, I've always been very passionate about sustainability and I knew that as starting a business, it had to be low to no waste. So when I set my sights on stationery, I 
started researching uh, different substrates and found the seed paper. So um, the seed paper, is, it's actually made from recycled materials, embedded with wildflower seeds, and then printed with water-based inks. That's part of what I mean by zero waste. Um, but really, that goes a lot deeper. For me, that's pushing all of my suppliers to ship to me zero waste with materials that can be recycled or composted. That's me shipping to all of my retailers in the same way. And, of course, creating a zero-waste consumer experience. So really throughout our whole supply chain, how do we make sure that there's no waste in the process? Um, Allie, tell our listeners a little bit more about the, some of the messages in the cards um, it, it, so they can get their, their head around it. You know, how does it differ from that sort of hallmark greeting card? Um, and, and, you know, you really are tackling topics that other greeting card companies don't address. What has it been like getting stores to carry your cards? Do they understand your vision um, and mission? Because it is so unique. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the messaging, like I said, simple questions. How are you feeling today? How is your heart today? Which is a big shift to, you know, not just I'm tired, I'm this or that. It's really, are, are you anxious? Are you sad? Um, talk to me. Things like, how can I help? Um, do you want to talk about okay to feel it. Life doesn't always make sense. Um, also, cards acknowledging grief in a different way. You know, something, something really sad happened, and we don't talk about it a lot anymore, but I'm here and I remember. Um, so really kind of just, again, trying to create meaningful touch points um, and create that space for conversation. And mm-hmm. as far as retail, it's definitely been challenging. It's a new concept for people. Mm-hmm. Um I know and uh, buyers know that today if you put a cancer card or an addiction card um, in a grocery store next to a birthday card, that people people don't it's not sell the same. People don't understand um, that, that it even exists, um, how to shop it. But to me, that's all a matter of conditioning. You know, we've been, we've been conditioned to communicate in a one-off fashion around holidays. And I think it's a huge opportunity for us to shift and start communicating consistently around things that are meaningful to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Ali, we talked um, earlier in the show about radical empathy, and I mentioned earlier that your company, that your company Thoughtful Human makes cards for a variety of different situations, addiction, family dysfunction, uh, long-distance relationships, cancer. Can you tell us how you translated the idea of radical empathy into the cards that you've designed for cancer specifically? Yeah, again, it's just meeting people where they're at. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to feel or how it's going to be. I'm not going to say get well. Uh, Some of us aren't necessarily going to get well, and to me that's just (laughs) that kind of command isn't how it works anyway. Um, We're not going to express sympathy, um, you know, for people that haven't even necessarily processed their circumstances. Uh, I'm really, again, just going to keep, showing up. I'm going to keep saying I'm here in different ways and let people know that over time so they know that they really can lean on me and show up um, and reach out when they are in need. So that's really the, the main difference I see compared to some of the prescriptive verbiage I see around other you know, cancer-related content. What, Allie, what's been the, the response, the consumer response to your cars and your your to your messaging. Do you have any good stories about that or how folks have sort of reacted to the product? Yeah, we hear from customers all the time. It's my absolute favorite part of my job. 
Um, you know, I get notes on our orders, and so, you know, some people will say, "I loved your cancer cards. Uh, my daughter has cancer, and nothing, you know, resonated with her, and she just loves these." Uh, people all the time sharing how you know people reach out that have been recipients of them and now purchase them for other people. Um, so it's been very positive, and I think one of the most common things people say is, "You can tell that somebody." Uh, the person who wrote these has has been through this experience, mm. and that means a lot to me. And and you know, it's it's becoming a collaborative process. I put out a lot of content based on my experiences, but now I'm I'm just listening. I'm reaching out and and saying, you know, what what is resonating, what's not, what did I miss? How can we best do justice to this experience and and help meet people where they're at? And how are people getting that feedback to you? Um, well, so they, they write to me, they send emails, they read me their orders. Um, in person, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go all around the country throughout, uh, throughout November and December and visit various stores and talk with thousands of customers. And it's just been overwhelming to see um, the reception of the products and, and how, how truly desperate people are to find authentic ways to communicate within these circumstances that so often leave people paralyzed. And then they don't say anything at all because um, yeah. they're just too afraid to say the wrong thing. So I think it's hopefully, you know, a relief for people to find something that, you know, reflects their experience and that allows them yeah. to, to touch that subject that they've been a little afraid of. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting to the end of the show, Allie. Before I let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find your cards? Can they buy them on a website? Can they find them in stores? How can folks get their hands on them? You can buy them on thoughtfulhuman.co buy them at Whole Foods in uh, Northern California. You can buy them at Paper Source locations, uh, Paper Chase in the UK, um, various boutiques throughout the country that are all listed on our site. And tell us your website again. It's thoughtfulhuman, all one word, dot co, just C-O. Thoughtfulhuman.co. Terrific. Um, check out Allie's cards. They're really, uh, they're really wonderful. And Allie shared them with us at Cancer Support Community to share um, with our network around the country. Um, it's been my pleasure having you on today, Allie. Uh, really appreciate it. I want to thank folks for tuning in today to Frankly Speaking about cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. I just want to remind folks that uh, we are a nonprofit organization with a host of free in-person, online, and telephonic resources for people with cancer, any cancer, any stage of disease. We have 47 centers around the country. Um, you can call our helpline if you want to grab a pen. You can call our helpline at 888 888- You can visit our website at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. No matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter what kind of cancer you're facing, we have some wonderful free resources for you. Uh, I'm Kim Tebaldo. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Support Community.org.